The AP Top 25 has been released, and look, Florida got some votes. We're going to talk about it here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Tuesday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find my written work with Whole Nine Sports, Giants, Country, NFL 33. And if you haven't yet signed up for Florida Victorious, Strongly recommend that you do so. And I've also taken the stance now, if you are not signed up to Florida Victorious, I do not care about your complaints about recruiting. That's my approach to things now. If you do want to save 20% with doing that, use promo code LOCKED and you will save 20% off your first month with Florida Victorious. But now we are talking about this, this, this AP Top 25 that came out. We'll talk about where Florida's opponents are. We talked about the locked on top 25 yesterday, and we talked about where Florida's opponents are and how Florida can get on there. And I, I get an opinion on, on how Florida can get on there because, well, I, I'm one of the voters, obviously, for the locked on top 25. But the AP top 25 came out, and Florida received four votes. That leaves them in a tie for 39th place. That tie is between Toledo, which, woo, uh, obviously, if you, if you don't know, I am one of the very few Florida Toledo fans, uh, probably in existence. There's probably like eight of us. One of them's right here, though. So uh, Florida is in a four-way tie for 39th place with Toledo, Duke, and Mississippi State. I don't. I will say this. I said this yesterday. If I had 30 votes for the top 25, if it was a top 30, Florida would have been in mine. I understand there are some voters who may be more bearish on Florida here, but 39th place is one kind of wild. Uh, And two, you could could sell me on Florida being at, at a common place, at least as far as top 25 rankings go, as Toledo, because Toledo has a Big Ten matchup, but it's Illinois, and Illinois is not in a great spot right now. And Toledo, aside from that, has the MAC, which they've been very successful in. However, you're going to have one hell of a time trying to convince me that Florida is the same level as Duke and Mississippi State. I feel like there's been quite a few people who were like, oh, Mississippi State, like they're They're a a great up-and-coming program because they've got a young coaching staff. That's not how that works, okay? You can have a young up-and-coming coaching staff and not be good. And I don't think Mississippi State's like, you know, I'm I'm not sitting here and going, they're a dumpster fire. I am saying they're not there yet. Duke, I get it. Duke has a few pieces that are impressive, but enough to get you near? the top 25 i don't think so so that's my but like i i'm not i think florida being 39th is rough 
I, I think that's a stupid vote. I think I think that's a bad poll. However, I think it's more egregious that Florida and Toledo are in are in with Duke and Mississippi State. That's more my issue because I think Florida's at a better spot than both Duke and Mississippi State. And I understand strength of schedule does play into it. Duke plays in the ACC. The ACC is not great, Bob. Mississippi State plays in the SEC. Mississippi State, they're not great, Bob. Okay, it's it's as simple as that. So I get strength of schedule playing into it. That's one of the reasons Toledo is on multiple polls in the top 25. Because they've got a relatively easy strength of schedule. They've got their their QB in Daquan Cook, so they're up there as well. Florida, I understand, being a little lower because of their difficult strength of schedule. I just think, like, damn near 40th is rough. 42nd, if you include that Florida was at the end of the list in the, in the four-way tie for a 39th place. So I, I think that's a little rough. I think that's just, just bad voters. And I will say this as well. The coaches poll that came out a week or two ago had Florida 28th. And look, I, I know that I am media. And, and I know that I come over here and I'm like, hey, you should listen to my opinion. And I, 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 get, I get the hesitancy between, behind me saying this. I don't know about you guys. I'll take the word of a bunch of actual football coaches over the AP voters. I'll do it. Like, I, I have no problem with that. And again, I, I get it that it's weird because the AP voters are media and, and I'm median. So it's, it's a weird thing to go, don't listen to that media. Listen to the coaches. And then I come out here and I, I give my poll and I say, don't listen to dumb media. You can see all the polls that are out there. Some of them make a lot of sense. Some of them are just like, oh, you're trolling. Like, you can't be, that can't be a genuine opinion. So I will say that I'll take the coaches poll over the media. And I understand that there's arguments on both sides. You know, coaches, how much time do you really have to spend to focus on other programs given that you have to run your program? So I understand that. And media, it's like, well, you get more time to do it, but there's so many members that just don't know ball. And there's just no other way to put that. Like, that's that's just what they are. So Florida being, again, I, I think Florida in the same, like, tier as Toledo, I don't think is bad because I, I considered putting Toledo in my top 25. I didn't. Um, I think the only Power 5 program I had in there was Tulane, if I'm not mistaken. Or UTSA and Tulane, I put in my top 25. So I I get being in that same tier of like the 30, like like 25 to like 32, 33. Totally understand that tier. I'm more concerned about going Duke and Mississippi State belong in there. That one's just silly to me because I know what those teams are. And the best adjective for both of them is not impressive. Like, that's it's lackluster, I guess we'll say. Like, we could look at Duke. I'll, I'll pull up Duke's schedule right now for 2023. Because, again, like, I know that they have some pieces that are impressive. But really like like first off week one they're probably getting blown out of the water against clemson notre dame's probably going to destroy them florida state's probably going to destroy them north carolina's probably going to destroy them 
Pitt is probably going to hand it to them. Like, that's five games that immediately I'm like, they're probably going to have a bad time and a good deal of those. It's just, it's what Duke is as a program, in my opinion. Like, it's like when Daniel Jones was coming out, and I, I'm not a huge fan of Daniel Jones, but it's like when Daniel Jones was coming out and it was like, well, he can make plays, but the rest of his team sucks. I feel like that's what we're seeing again here with Duke. Like, I, I feel like it's just like time is a flat circle kind of thing. And then Mississippi State, I get it. They have an easy-ish start to the schedule, but you still have to face LSU. You have to go to South Carolina. You have to go, you have to face Alabama. You have to go to Arkansas. You have to go to Auburn. You have to face Kentucky, who just Kentucky style against Mississippi State style. Kentucky's probably going to kick the crap out of them just, just going down the field. Texas A&M in Kyle Field, and then Ole Miss. It's just like it's just not feasible to me. I just I just don't get it. But enough about their opponents. We'll talk about Florida's opponents in the top twenty-five. Before I do that, though, today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by Nutrafol. And did you know that eighty percent of men will experience hair thinning in their lifetime? It's normal, but it doesn't have to be your fate. You can get ahead of the thinning with Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement clinically shown to improve your hair growth, visible thickness right here, and visible scalp coverage. Go to Nutrafol.com men to take their hair health wellness quiz, identify causes of your thinning hair, and Nutrafol will give you a personalized plan for better hair health through whole body wellness. Take the first step to visibly thicker and healthier hair for a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com slash men and enter the promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. I very much appreciate you tuning in. Uh, please do be sure to like, subscribe, comment, review, do whatever it is that you want to do. I do love feedback, like genuine, even in the comments, just tell me, you know, you know, something that you you want to see improved about this show, other than a new host. Just tell me, because like, I, I genuinely do like to hear feedback and improve, as long as it's constructive. Uh, you can join the Lockdown Gators Discord, links in the description below, and you can tell me whatever you want to do there. But now we're looking at Florida's opponents in the top 25. Later, we're going to talk about Wardell Mack, who committed yesterday. We went live when he committed yesterday. You can watch that. We'll talk about that later. But right now, we are talking about Florida's opponents in the top 25 for the AP. Yesterday, we talked about locked ons because yesterday was two episodes. Lucky week for you. First off, number one, Georgia. Yeah, we get it. They're really good. Number one in both AP and locked on polls. They had 60 of the 63 possible first place votes. 60 of the 63. It's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> I believe uh, Michigan had two and Ohio State had one, if I'm not mistaken. That could be flipped. Number five, LSU. Number six in the locked on poll. Number eight, Florida State. Number nine in lockdown. But also, this is not obviously in order of when they play. This is in order of where they ranked in the AP poll or uh, in, in where they ranked in the just rankings. So number eight, Florida State. Number nine in the lockdown poll. Number 14, Utah. Number 12 in the lockdown poll. Number 12, Tennessee. Number 13 in the lockdown poll. Then you have South Carolina receiving 73 votes. Arkansas got 22. And Kentucky... 14 votes. 
that's a lot of teams that are at least receiving votes here. Like you start off against number 14, Utah. Then you have McNeese, and then you have number 12, Tennessee. This is in order. Then you have Charlotte, and then you have 14-vote Kentucky, then Vanderbilt, then 22-vote South Carolina. Then you have a week off, then you have that bye week. And then you have number one, Georgia. Or sorry, it was uh, 73-vote South Carolina, because 22-vote Arkansas. Then you have number five, LSU. Then you have Missouri, and then you have number eight, Florida State. I went into this a little bit yesterday, but this is one of the reasons why I've I've said, you know, Florida could have a six or seven win season this year, and I wouldn't be that upset about it because you're running the freaking gauntlet if you're Florida, and you've got to do the same crap next year. Except next year is probably going to be even harder. But you're running the gauntlet if you're Florida right now. Okay? Again, you like you open with 14, by, uh, then 14, and then you have McNeese, and then you have 12. Then you have uh, Charlotte, and then you have Kentucky receiving votes. And it just gets just, just gradual. Like the last five games of the season, four of those last five are going to be hell. And the one that's not going to be hell, you're still away. You have to go to Columbia, Missouri, and win that game there. Late in the year where injuries could have happened. Anything could have happened. You start the year with two of your three first games being top 15 opponents. Then you end the year with three of your five opponents being top 10. One other of those opponents receiving votes here. Like, this is why I, I feel like a lot of people, like, I'm not going out there and going, oh, Florida's going to lose that game. I am saying I acknowledge Florida's not going to win all of them. This is the toughest schedule in college football. This year, this is easily the toughest schedule in college football, if you ask me. There's quite a few teams that have five top 25 teams on their schedule. However, you're looking at not just five top 25 teams, five top 14 teams. This isn't like, oh yeah, like like we're 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 playing, you know, Georgia and LSU and, and, and Florida State and then you know number 22, number 23. No, this is you are playing one five eight, 14, 12, and then three more fringe teams. That's what you're playing. It's tough as hell. There's no other way to put it. Like, that's why I, I don't want to seem like a pessimist here. I, I do think Florida's a, a easily top 32 team in the country. You're running the damn gauntlet. Like, this is like, what it, What was it? Um, what, what was the guitar here? Was it Through the Fire and Flames? Was that it? It was like, just imp- impossible. That's what you're doing here. That's what you're facing. This isn't painted black. No. And this, this is Through the Fire and Flames, or Through the, through the Fist and Fury, some weird crap like that. That's what you're doing if you're Florida. You're playing that on expert. All right? 
it's going to be damn tough. That's why I'm not a pessimist on Florida. I'm just saying it's going to suck at certain points this year. But I, again, I think Florida wins. I, I, every time, like even when Cam Rising was like the probable guy with, you know, a solid backup situation at Utah. I still said, you know, I think Florida's going to win. I think it's going to be close, but I think Florida's going to win. We'll see what happens with Tennessee, LSU. I, I think Florida loses the LSU game just because it's incredibly difficult to go to Death Valley. But look, like like this is a, a, a good Florida Gators team. No other way around it. It's a good Florida Gators team. It's also just an incredibly difficult schedule to show up week in, week out. Like you can't take an off day. You, you can't have an off day. And there is no, like, after you get past, like, week five, your tune-ups are gone. Like, it's like, okay, we, like, you can't be caught sleeping at any point. And that's what's so damn difficult about it. Trying to expect and project to go in each day, each week, and play well every single time with so much turnover. It's hard for me to, like, I could expect that, but it's hard for me to reasonably go, that's going to happen. I think Florida ends the year near the top 25, whether that means, you know, you're, you're 21 or 28. I think you're in that range by the end of the year. Just because, again, I, I feel like, especially because late in the year or when you have the most difficult games, and so you might drop there. Like, you can, you can get as high as top 12 or something like that if you, if you start strong. But it's going to get rough at some point. And, and it's going to be one of those weeks or, or there's going to be one of those seasons where you just can't slip up once or else it's going to come back to bite you in the rear. Simple as that. To wrap up today's show, we're talking about just just Florida doing something that they've done under Billy Napier. And before then, it's been a while. And that's recruit consistently. Florida yesterday landed four-star corner Wardell Mack over the LSU Tigers, which his in-state school, LSU Tigers, he is from, uh, he, he plays for John Errett in Louisiana and over Texas. This is one of those times where you, you look at the player and you go, okay, where do we play him? Don't care. He's damn good. Like I, I think he's best suited for the boundary or outside corner. I don't care if he's the field or the boundary. I don't care about that. Just outside corner. I think he's best suited for that. But he's also versatile enough where he can play genuinely any spot in the secondary. Like We talked about this with uh, Brian Smith, I mean, at this point, two or three months ago. Where you're like, hey, Wardell Mack, like, like he can play anywhere. You're gonna want to play him at at corner more than anything else, but he could be a guy where it's like, hey, let's move him down to the nickel. Let's move him back to free safety. Let's move him around. And I think that that versatility is a proven theme here for the Florida Gators under Corey Raymond, especially for the 2024 class. But even 2023, you can look at some of the kids that Florida brought in and it's like, Oh, like what's he going to do in, in 2023? We'll see, but, but, or what, what's he going to do in Gainesville? We'll see, but he's someone who can play multiple roles. That's why we don't know what he's going to do yet. 
Like you look at Jakeem Jackson. It was, is he going to be a corner or is he going to be a safety? Well, he plays corner. We're going to at least try him at corner. You look at Deshaun Johnson. Is he going to be a corner or is he going to be a safety? You look at Jordan Castell. Built like a linebacker. Is he going to play safety? He plays corner now in a kind of man-heavy scheme. What's he going to do? Sharif Denson, is he going to be on the outside or is he going to play in the star? Which Florida Gators fans, we all knew he was always going to be a star. Uh, that was always his spot. Jaden Robinson, is he going to play linebacker or is he going to play safety? What's he going to do? Bryce Thornton, is he going to be safety or is he going to be a nickel? What's he going to do? Like, that was the clear trend when looking at even 2023. But 2024 especially, you look at, you look at targets. Xavier Mincy, Zay Mincy. Is he going to be a corner? Is he going to be a safety? You look at commits. Xavier Filsimi, is he going to be a corner? Or is he going to be a safety? Teddy Foster, he just started playing football like two years ago. Yeah, he plays corner now, but with his length and his athleticism and his attacking mindset, who's to say he can't step in and play safety? I'm sure as hell not going to tell him that. I get it. Wardell Mack, the, the big knock on him from, let's be real, the big knock on him from Florida Gators fans that didn't think that the Gators were in play for him, so they started downplaying him. The big knock is just his size. He's listed as 5'10, or he's listed as 5'11 or six foot and a half, depending on if you're looking at a different recruiting service. Uh, I believe 24-7 has him 5'11. On three has him six foot and a half. As as in six foot and a half an inch. That 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 was the knock. Not oh, he's not good enough, he's not athletic enough, he's not aggressive enough. No, it's just he's short. I said this on the live yesterday. I'm I'm 5'11, but I got a 6'2 wingspan. If he's 5'11 with a 6'2, 6'3 wingspan and great athleticism and playmaking ability. I'm not going to sit here and say he's not a take. He's just not a take. I'm not going to sit here and say that because that's stupid to say. And I don't like to say stupid things unless I'm joking. So I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say not a take, not a take, not a take. Yeah, I, I, I acknowledge there were certain points where he probably was in priority number one for Florida. But is he not a take? Because he seems like a take. So, yeah, I think Wardell Mack has a role for the Florida Gators. I think he has a spot with the Florida Gators, and I think he's going to actually be a contributor. Just like he is – like there's a reason that he is – I believe on on three, he's a five-star. I think they have him as like the 20-something player in the country. Um, there's a good reason, okay? Like like because he projects out to play well, and especially when you get a guy like that with Corey Raymond – like we talk about Teddy Foster, and this is not a knock on Teddy Foster. This is just Teddy Foster's the guy that we're talking about. We could even talk about Jakeem Jackson, where we go, yeah, they haven't played corner much, but they're athletes. They're at least worth a swing. Because again, Jakeem Jackson ended up as one of the highest rated Florida Gators commits for the 2023 class. He wasn't even close to that when he did commit to the Florida Gators. And when they were pursuing him. Teddy Foster, three-star when he committed to the Florida Gators. We'll see where he winds up. But it was always, yeah, you can give these guys who aren't blue chip talents to Corey Raymond and watch him develop them. Wardell Mack is a blue chip talent. Wardell Mack is that. He is a guy that they were like, okay, he's good now. 
and we're going to get him with Corey Raymond. Yeah, I'm pretty confident a player like that's going to work out. Even if he doesn't, 10 times out of 10, I'll trust Corey Raymond's ability to develop a corner. 10 times out of 10, or DB. 10 times out of 10. I said this on the live yesterday. I approach Corey Raymond coaching corners same way I approach Brian Hartline coaching receivers. The best on the planet. And I'm not even putting it up for debate. Okay? So, yeah, Wardell Mack, welcome to the squad. Welcome to the 2024 Florida Gators class. Can't wait for you to whoop some, you know what. I will say that this is going to be a race to the end versus LSU. Yes, he's committed to Florida. If he does not come out and say, I'm shutting it down, don't contact me, I'll block your number, then I fully expect LSU to try and keep their in-state blue chip talent in-state. I said this uh, whenever Colin Simmons committed to Texas. I was like, yeah, LSU is going to stay. Like Dylan Sanders, who I love, he's with 24-7, Dilly Sanders on Twitter. Uh, he said, hey, LSU is going to stay in this. Like, like they're not giving up. And I said, good recruiting staffs don't give up just because a kid committed somewhere. Florida doesn't give up when a kid commits elsewhere. If Florida's a hat on the table and the kid commits elsewhere, and, and by hat on the table, I mean Florida genuinely wants the kid. This isn't like Chris Jones' situation where he missed his spot. This is, if, if Florida wants a kid and he commits elsewhere and they still want him, they're going to keep going after him. Wardell Mack is that for LSU. LSU wanted him. He committed to Florida. They're still going to push for him because that's what good recruiting staffs do. That's what a recruiting staff has to do if you want to survive in 2023 college football. You can't give up because these kids, they're fickle. It is, it, like, I don't mean that as a knock on Wardell Mack. I just mean in general, people are fickle. Kids, especially when they have all those people in their ears, yeah. They might be a little thick. They might bend a little bit. But this is going to be a race to the end. But again, Florida knows that. Okay? They're going to continue to stay in contact with Wardell Mack. They're going to get him now for a game. Sure. They're going to continue to do their thing. Okay? I'm not too scared about it. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more Florida Gators football. And I think the Florida Gators have a very distinct advantage over the Utah Utes, which we are going to talk about tomorrow. For Locked On Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports, Giants Country, NFL 33. And I will see you all tomorrow.